So welcome to this week's podcast. I want to talk about imposter syndrome, something that I had no idea I suffered from massively, but I overcame it almost instantly at one given moment, and I had no idea it was about to happen. I'm going to share that story shortly. But before that, let's get on with the introductions, and I want to say a little thank you to a few people that have bought me a coffee this week. So to a someone and a someone, thank you very much to you two. Thank you to Paula. Thank you to Mia. You guys are absolutely awesome. And I'm humbled by it. Thank you very much. And it really does help make a difference. The actual money goes towards the hosting of the podcast and the hosting of my other podcast, Inner Peace Meditations. And I'm releasing a new podcast in about eight weeks. I'm super excited about this. It won't change this podcast. It won't change the Inner Peace Meditations podcast. And it's something I think you guys are going to absolutely love. It's going to complement these two podcasts. But I'm not going to say any more about that right now. I'm just super, super excited. So thank you very much to you guys that treat me to a coffee. That's where your money goes. To the editing to the equipment and to the hosting of these podcasts the more popular they get the more you share it and the more people we reach and the more people we help it really is and i say we deliberately because you guys have been part of it the emails you send me the ideas you give me for the shows you guys make it so much more deeper and so much more satisfying and i love you guys thank you very much for all of the support so yes anyway let's move on to today's show we're talking today about imposter syndrome and i'm going to talk about effectively the opposite to imposter syndrome the dunning-kruger effect so because they kind of go together on the opposite side very often we talk about love and hate although they're not opposites the opposite to love is fear ironically but we often see it as polar opposites. So Dunning-Kruger is not necessarily the opposite to imposter syndrome, but it is certainly on the same scale somewhere. Or so I'm not a psychiatrist, but I, I think I think you'll understand by the end of this podcast what they are. And we all suffer from these in some way. I'm not just talking about professional people when we talk about imposter syndrome or the Dunning-Kruger effect. We're all human, we all suffer from these things, and we all fluctuate in and out of them at times. You know, I suffer from the Dunning-Kruger effect, especially in my teenage years where I thought I knew everything, and now sometimes I only think I know everything about three times a day, as opposed to 20 times a day as a teenager. And I suffer from imposter syndrome more often now than I did as a teenager, but it's less than, it doesn't hold me back so much because I recognize it now. It's not something that you suddenly completely get over, but it's something you recognize and you go, oh, hi, I recognize that voice. That's, first of all, what is imposter syndrome? Well, imposter syndrome is it's a psychological pattern in which individuals doubt their accomplishments. You don't believe that whatever you achieved 
really you did it. You think it was somebody else and you just got a good memory or, you know, it was a lucky day or I happened to win that race because they were having an off day. And it was like when I got elected on the council, it's like, yeah, they didn't really want me. Nobody else wanted to do it. And I still say that now about the mayor when they, I was on the BBC radio yesterday and Justin Lee said, how come you've done two years? And I just looked up and said, yeah, nobody else wanted to do it. So that little voice, although I was joking, that little voice is there still. We basically don't think we're capable. We don't think we're intelligent enough. We don't think we should be in the room. So when I sit there with other councillors, when I sit there amongst other mayors, I just don't think I deserve a place in the room. So how does imposter syndrome really manifest itself? How does it show? Well, we're constantly fearing failure. We want to run away. We don't want to do it because we don't think we'll achieve it. We think we'll let people down. And we, we also want to become a perfectionist. We want to make sure we cannot release it until it's absolutely perfect. It has to be perfect. So really, we're procrastinating. We're totally not leaning into it because we worry about what people will say. We worry about what others say. So. If other people's opinion is stopping us from doing these things, then we're allowing them to have too much influence. Another thing we do is we discount our successes. So if someone comes along and says, you've done a really good job of that, and you go, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't really. There were, there were so many things I could have done better. There's so many things I could have improved, and no, someone else would have done a better job than me. So there's that. And then... The other way that is not, it's very huge, but it's more subtle as well, is that fear of success. The worry that you're going to succeed and you're going to be shot, the light is going to be shone on you and everybody's going to see exactly what you are. Everybody's going to see how awesome you are. Wait a minute, but you're not awesome, are you? So that fear that the world's going to suddenly see that you're that imposter, you're not really there. Well, I think everybody that has a genuine, authentic side to them fears that. And when I heard Richard Branson has that fear and Alexander Cortez and all those, they have that fear as well. I've just bit my tongue, that hurt. I'm back and I'm okay. I'm going to survive, I think. Definitely survived long enough to finish this podcast. But boy, did that hurt. I don't know if you noticed it when I was talking then. I, I said a name and I bit my tongue. And it's like, ow. Anyway, God, done not that hurt? Wow. I suppose if it didn't hurt, we would bite our tongue all the time, wouldn't we? Makes sense. But the other way it manifests itself is overcompensation. We really work really, really hard and we're trying to convince people all the time of how we got there and what we did to get there and our qualifications. We're having to re-emphasize it all the time, which really we're not talking to them, we're talking to ourselves. And I can think of a person that ironically suffers from imposter syndrome, but is over overcompensated with confidence, and that's Donald Trump. He's still trying to convince his father that he's a successful person. Then, okay, you can define success. You know, he became the president of the United States 
And in the scheme of politics and the hierarchy, that is pretty successful. What you do with it is a different story. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the actions. I'm talking purely about the achievements of getting elected and doing that at the moment. So, and this is why he overcompensates about the next election fraud and all those other things. And he's got to tell everyone because he cannot face the real reality because he has he has a real mix of the Dunning-Kruger effect and imposter syndrome. It's crazy, isn't it? It's really quite interesting, actually. I'm sure psychiatrists are going to be analysing Donald Trump for like the next 2,000 years. <laughs> so I spoke a bit about imposter syndrome. Let's talk about the Dunning-Kruger effect. The Dunning-Kruger effect is the opposite, where you think you you're qualified you think you have all the qualifications you know all about it you don't need to listen to anybody you already know you're already clever enough you don't even need to read any books about it because you already have that knowledge you did it at school and you're the expert in it you know you overestimate your abilities and i do that sometimes on certain things i do it so it's not black and white nothing's black and white you know, everything has grey areas and you catch me on a really confident day and I'm feeling really good and the sun's out. I'm going to, I may have that effect on me rather than the imposter syndrome. But you give me a day that I'm not feeling too good and it'll be imposter syndrome that I'm suffering with. So what I'm trying to point out is it's not black and white. It's not we sit in this chair and we stay in that chair constantly. So going back to the Dunning-Kruger effect, you know, the feelings of there is overconfidence. The learning attitude is that they may not recognize they need improvement. The attitude toward task, that they may take on tasks that are beyond their capability. Whereas someone with imposter syndrome, they may hesitate to take on the task with fear of failure. The learning attitude of an imposter syndrome is constantly seeking to learn and improve you know feelings anxiety and self-doubt whereas feelings of a dunning-kruger effect is overconfidence you know the reaction to criticism you can guess which one this one is reaction to criticism often dismissive or defensive that's the dunning-kruger effect reaction to criticism may take it to heart and dwell on it. That's imposter syndrome. That's really interesting, actually. I thought it had been the other way around, but it, I guess it does make sense. And some of the phrases you might recognize when you're around people that may use these phrases or when you, you use these phrases. And I think I've used every single one of these phrases on both sides at least a hundred times in my life. <laughs> You know, the Dunning-Kruger effect, I don't need any help. I've got this. It's not that hard. Anybody could do it. I don't see why they don't understand. It's simple. I know more than enough to handle this. They don't know what they're talking about. I'm right. They're all the Dunning-Kruger effect, and I've said all of them. Imposter syndrome. I must have just got lucky. I don't deserve this success. I feel like a fraud. They must have made a mistake in choosing me. 
I don't know why they think I'm so competent. And I've used those phrases or similar. And especially coming out of my mayorship, I people often say, you've done a brilliant job. I'm like, not really. I don't know what I've done. So it's it's really interesting. And my story of when I overcame the imposter syndrome was, it was about eight months into my first year of mayorship. And I was invited to a climate change conference locally. And I'm not an expert in climate change. I'm not an expert in weather and climate patterns. And all I know is climate change is pretty real. We're learning a lot about it and we have to do something about it. That's the depth of my knowledge. And I want to live in a healthy, clean society. That's the depth of my knowledge. That's where I bow down to the experts the people that have studied it for decades they know what they're talking about because they've studied it so who am i to know however in my 20s i was totally dismissive of it i thought it was a religion to make money out of people and i thought it was complete rubbish i used to repeat the sentence yeah well the earth used to warm up and cool down six seven thousand years ago What's the difference now? There ain't no four by fours back then. Then I realized when it was pointed out to me in my 30s that, yeah, it didn't heat up by two degrees in the space of 60 years. It took six or 7,000 years to do it. We've done it in a short time. Anyway, that's the facts about climate change. Get back to the conference. So I was there at the conference in the afternoon, and I was one of the ones to be on stage as one of the panel. And I say panel because I don't want to say experts, because I certainly wasn't. So I was on this panel with three other experts, or three experts of me. And I was on the right. Right next to me was a professor from Exeter University on climate change. Right next to him was a local business person that was a CEO and a trustee of a really big company locally when it comes to, and I'm deliberately not saying their name. I don't know why I'm not saying their name. Anyway, but really quite well-known locally in the sustainable world. And right next to him was somebody else similar. And they really knew their stuff. And it went to the audience. The first question came up and it turned around and said, so, Climate change is a real decisive thing among the public. And how do you envisage the future when we cannot even agree that climate change is real or not real at the moment? And I thought, okay, it'll come to me last. It'll never come to me first on this. So they came straight to me. And it's like, oh, so I've got the mic here. I've got like 80 people sat there listening to my reply. And I just said, do you know what? We live in a world that I've not spoken to one person that doesn't want to live in a happier, healthier, friendly, clean environment. Everybody wants to live with more nature, more trees. Nobody wants to sit behind a gas-guzzling car. Everybody prefers cleaner energy. So we need to work out how to do that rather than keep having the debate whether it's real or not. We need to move on from that and just work towards 
a nice, healthier lifestyle. Because nobody disagrees with that. And I thought, that's just a wishy-washy answer. And then they went to the professor of climate change right next to me. They put the mic to him. And he looked up and goes, exactly what he just said. And in that moment, I thought, do you know what? Perhaps I do have a place here. Perhaps I do know something. And although I don't totally think that I'm over my imposter syndrome, because I don't think anybody will ever get over it that is genuine and authentic, and although I don't think I'm genuine and authentic entirely because I know what goes on inside of my head, you know, <laughs> I've, I've got the inside knowledge of what goes on in here, and, and I wouldn't share it with the world because inside my head is completely barmy, really. And it's the same with you. If you think about it, I mentioned it on a podcast, two or three podcasts ago. Why do we find it so hard to to love ourselves? Well, for one reason, is we know it's an inside job. We know what's going on inside of our head. We know some of the things we think that are not very lovable thoughts. So how we know all those things. So it's a little more difficult to love ourselves because we're human. And we have that inside stuff. So it's exactly the same as me. I, I have all the self-doubt in my head. I know what really goes on in there. And I know about the confident moments when I think of this crazy thing that I think, yeah, I've got this, when really I haven't. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I know the title of the podcast is How I Got Over My Imposter Syndrome. But really, I've learned to have the voice and have a healthier relationship with that voice so when it pops up i'm like hi how are you i know you're looking after me just let me jump out of my comfort zone just for a minute but thank you for being there and protecting me and having that relationship with the imposter syndrome voice softens it makes it easier and i i hope it keeps me humble to a little degree Whenever I say that, when I'm talking about me being humble, I'm like, yeah, I'm really not. And when people say, yeah, but Stephen, you really haven't got an ego. I'm like, I got a huge ego. I wouldn't, I would never have been on the council. I would never have become mayor if I didn't have an ego the size of this planet. You know, that's the reality. It's probably why I need the spiritual journey so much. That's why it's so so much hard work because of the ego so when people say to me you know you haven't got a huge ego cb i'm like you have no idea but yeah it's it's an interesting it's the the inside job what we can see on the inside so what can we do to try to get over the imposter syndrome subject to dumping ourselves in the deep end and going on to stage in a climate change conference what can we do if we think we suffer from either of these, the imposter syndrome or Dunning-Kruger effect? Now then, I don't know what you would do about the Dunning-Kruger effect, really. You know, if you think you're brilliant at everything and you don't need to learn anything and you don't need to go to class and you don't need to, there's not really a lot I can say or do because you already know it all. 
But on the flip side, if you do suffer from not fitting in or not feeling like you're worthy of a place there, there is a few things you can do. One thing that I did a few years ago that was really effective is write a list of your achievements, a whole list of achievements, and write everything down. You know, if you literally, if you cannot think of anything, say, I survived school. I survived primary school. I survived my first camping trip. You know, I survived my first swimming lesson. I survived falling in the water. You know, start with the all the things you survived in life. You, des- you survived your first relationship. You managed to get out of it relatively maybe unscathed. You know, And then all the little exams at school, all the things you passed, all the little achievements, you know, even if they were just a C or a D in maths, write it down. All the little, in the UK, we have NVQ, one, two, three, four, and five, I suppose. Write down the little exams you do for these jobs and things like that. Everything, write it down. And when you look back through, you go, do you know what? I'm I'm not better than I thought. I'm doing okay. It might even make you cry because it did me. It made me very proud of some of the things I've achieved. The other things you can do is talk about your feelings. Talk about your fear of taking that job on or taking the next challenge on. Just sharing it with someone. Ask them, don't say something. I don't need fixing. I just need someone to share my thoughts and feelings with and ultimately face your fears jump into that deep end don't dive into the swimming pool like i did (laughs) dive into the deep end but you know i'm only joking look i'm stephen webb and hopefully this helps you and if it does in any way look leave a review that's awesome that's amazing that will help us to jump through the ranks of reach more people and help more people that's what fulfills me it's just helping people I I love it when someone can email me and say hey you said a little something that helps me helps me have a little less suffering thank you to those that treated me to a coffee if anybody wants to download the five simple practices for inner peace or treat me to a coffee you can do so at thankyoustephen.com You are awesome. Take care and remember there's always love in the stillness. I love you.